0: You're listening to Beyond the Measure, Episode 4. Listen as I, a young choir director, and my husband, a young composer, interview other music educators in order to gain insight into their own success in the classroom. We have a lot to learn, and we want you to learn with us. No matter your age, ensemble, or experience, this is the ideal podcast for music educators, composers, and students alike. So join us as we go Beyond the Measure.
1: Hey, everybody. This is Christian, and I'm here with... Kara. And this is Beyond the Measure, episode four or five. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know the order yet, but it'll be one of those two. Uh, And so we are very excited because today we have a very, very special guest on our show. Uh, We are here with Dr. D. Romines. He is... A uh, the choir director at, at Hardin-Simmons University as of right now. Um, I'm sure he can give you a little bit more information about what all he does here in the community, but uh, how's it going, Dr. Romines? It's going well. Good to be here. Good, good. Um, first of all, just tell us a little bit. You do a lot of stuff in the Abilene area, so just kind of tell us what all you kind of are in charge of and other, other stuff that you do around town. Okay. <laughs> Get as specific as you want. <laughs> well, besides Hardin-Simmons...
2: Um, I'm the minister of music at First Central Presbyterian, mm-hmm. and then uh, the director for chorus. Abilene, the the classical chorus, the uh, mm-hmm. mixed group, the adult mixed group, and uh, so uh, those are, are 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 the are the musical activities. And then I'm still involved with scouts, although that mm-hmm. that role is is becoming less and less <laughs> now that my son is out of there, and uh, uh, it's time for somebody else to do that. But my full-time job, the two
1: part-time music jobs and and uh, my activities in scouts kind of keep me pretty busy so mm-hmm. that's right and and we just with well it was kind of a combination of the classical chorus group and then the concert choir at hardin Simmons we recently did a performance of parts 2 and 3 of Messiah yep and that was, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, that was good
2: it was good it was good good to get a chance to do that good for classical chorus and good for the students at hardin Simmons to get a chance to do uh Part of most of a major work, uh, and the majority of the students at hardin Simmons hadn't sung Messiah mm-hmm. before. Yeah, so yeah. really, uh, really a, a great chance for them to to sing uh, together with a bigger choir, and uh, the chamber orchestra played really well. And then the four soloists were outstanding. So uh, it, it was it was yeah. good, and I enjoyed working on it. And. Uh,
1: uh, Maybe in a year we'll do more Messiah, but not anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. yeah, we need well, a break. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and it was great. for I mean, I had I had never even sung parts two or three of Messiah, yep. so I mean, it was really good for me to be able <laughs> yeah. to do that. Yep. So cool. All right. Well, could you just you know start by telling us you know how you you came to want to you know study music and and you sure. know however young that started and get as specific as you want all the way leading up to where you are now. <laughs> well, started um and
2: I mentioned the the interview I did with the president the other day. He mm-hmm. he kind of he, he asked me that question mm-hmm.
1: and uh so now it's it's kind of been rehearsed but uh <laughs> or I'm a little more prepared yeah. for it. But and, and he's talking about he he recently did an interview with our Hardin Simmons University uh our school president for this little video thing. So <laughs> yeah. uh well, I, I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee.
2: My um uh, twin brother and I, when we were, uh, eight years old, I guess seven, beginning of second grade, our father decided or thought we should be doing something in music. And so he called the school, which is really unusual. He called the school <laughs> and went, is there a band and can my sons join it? And they said, well, there's a band, but they can't join it until fourth grade. Um, and, and it's interesting, uh, you know, I think about it all the time and my brother talking, my brother and I talk about it that, Our father did nothing in music, Uh, but he'd been in World War II, and I can remember him uh, several times talking about being in the barracks, being overseas, and there were guys that could play guitar or could play harmonica or could play piano or could sing or could play Mm. a wind instrument, and he couldn't. He never had that opportunity growing up. So he was determined that we were going to have it whether we wanted to or not. So since since no band instruments were available – He had a good friend um, uh, who had an accordion. (laughs) you got to think about that in Knoxville, Tennessee. And so he brought uh, an accordion home and said, uh, you guys are going to play this, and we've got an accordion teacher. And uh, so that's how it started at the beginning of second grade. And and I've got to say it before I forget, my uh, accordion teacher, Tony Musco. What a great guy. Uh, (laughs) Really good player uh, and a gigger in the sense that he had four or five fake books, you know, with three mm-hmm. or four hundred tunes, and yeah. that's besides teaching how he made his living. He he went and played gigs all the time, and he knew hundreds and hundreds of tunes from memory. Wow. And if he didn't know it from memory, he could look it up. But that's what started it, and then band in fourth grade, started playing trumpet, sang in church choir, sang in school choir, high school choir, um, really spent more time um in, in middle school and high school uh, trying to be a trumpet player and undergrad than than to be a singer and sing, singing was kind of the, uh, uh, the just the relaxation part of, of music where I didn't worry about it too much I just went to choir and sang and yeah. I worried about band an awful lot um, and then that that changed years later but uh, grew up singing and so grateful uh, to grow up in church uh, for a lot of reasons but music was one of those had a great ministry of music Nick bennett uh, operatic tenor—that was my first voice teacher. Mm. Uh, still ha- have his voice kind of floating around in my head when I sing, <laughs> and I'll never sound like him. But uh, <laughs> I'm grateful for for that experience. Uh, had a lot of great trumpet teachers um, and voice teachers, and then uh, I-, I knew in high school, and my brother did too. Uh, Music—if if we were going to college, it was going to be in music, and we were both going to be band directors and. So that got us into college. Now, I don't know if you want to keep going on and sure. going on and going on. Yeah, uh, and work. then college was fortunate enough. The um, University of Tennessee Knoxville was 10 minutes from my mom's house. Mm-hmm. And oh, so wow. I was either going to go to the University of Tennessee or wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> uh, and was really fortunate in the sense that the band program was strong and the choral program was really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when as an undergrad, uh, instrumental music ed major, was in the band, marching band, wind ensemble. Uh, but Don Newen was the choral director, and didn't sing in choir my first semester in college because I thought, well, I need to ease into this and figure it out. But my brother and I auditioned for him second semester, and we got in. And, and I'm not sure that he needed two more baritones, but he took us, uh, <laughs> and uh, and that began. Uh, uh, and that's where the the transformation, at least, or the change for me, the more, more interesting choral music kind of started. Mm-hmm. Even though I got out and was a band director for for a, for a long time, or six years before I uh, before I made that switch. Well, not not exactly six, but probably three before I made the switch, and then three more years later after I'd even gone to grad school. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, anyway, Don Newen um, had sung with Robert Shaw in the mm-hmm. professional choir, the Shaw Choral, and had been uh, Robert Shaw's assistant. Uh, director in atlanta in fact don newen is the guy that started the symphony chorus in atlanta mm. uh, shaw was moving from cleveland to become the director of uh, uh of the orchestra in at atlanta georgia and he hired don newen and said i need you to go audition a symphony chorus and they hadn't had a symphony chorus before mm. um, and this is it's going to take a while to get to, uh, I'm, i've okay. started now i have gotta go <laughs> that's all right. Um, but Mr. Newman told us he went into Atlanta because he moved from Indiana. He didn't know anybody, so we went to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, took an ad out in the paper, took a couple of radio spots that said, we're going to have uh, auditions for the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra Chorus. Robert Shaw is going to be the conductor. Uh, on these dates, these are the auditions. Come and audition. And he said uh, he had 200 people audition, wow. and the the SATB division was perfect. It was about 50 huh. on a part. Wow. And all 200 that auditioned made it. Oh, wow. Well. And he, he said it had to be God's will. That's, <laughs> that's crazy, that, yeah. <laughs> and that what they had to do was then prepare <clears throat> Beethoven 9, mm. the, the finale for that. And uh, and, and, and he said it, it worked out great, and that's how the symphony chorus started in Atlanta. He was there for a few years, and then he left Atlanta. Mr. Newman did. Shaw stayed. Came to the University of Tennessee. But that Tennessee connection helped. Uh, we sang. We were talking about Messiah a few minutes mm-hmm. ago. We sang Messiah my senior year uh, with the Atlanta Symphony. We were the chorus, and so Don Newman prepared us. We did performances in Knoxville, and we went to Atlanta. And that was the first time I'd seen Robert Shaw conduct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the orchestra played great, and Mr. Shaw was uh, uh, just phenomenal. Uh, and Mr. Newman was great, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, Mr. Shaw was uh, – I'd never quite seen anything or heard anything like that before. Uh, And so even then, as a senior in college, I thought, "Ah, you know, maybe someday I'll want to do this. A couple of years later, I'm a middle school band director in uh, Marietta, Georgia. Uh, Open up the Sunday paper before school starts. Come audition and be part of the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra Chorus of Robert Shaw. I thought, why not? Did the audition, got in the symphony chorus, and... uh, and every Monday night, for from seven thirty to ten, I got to watch Robert Shaw rehearse and conduct a choir, wow. and then performance weeks. It was every night rehearse a choir and an orchestra, and that's when I realized, okay, this is this is what I want to do. Yeah. Not that I'm going to be Robert Shaw, sure. but the music was the hook. Yeah. We, yeah, we were doing such good music. I thought, wow, I, I've, yeah. I've got to figure out a way to, to to do this. Yeah,
1: and 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 some people, I'm sure a lot of people would say that. Just being able to sit in on a few rehearsals with Robert Shaw is maybe worth more than who knows how many semesters of of schooling. (laughs) It was worth a lot. And I'm so grateful for that.
2: Um, Not only how he ran a rehearsal, but how did he walk on stage? How did he bow? How did he recognize the soloists? Who did you recognize? What was the order in that? Every little detail. Because he had he'd been uh, George, Z- George Zell's assistant at mm-hmm. Cleveland for 11 years, uh, and uh, maybe the best orchestra in the United States, uh, maybe one of the best orchestras in the world. So uh, you get a, a chance to watch him conduct and rehearse professional musicians, mm-hmm. but an um, not an amateur choir, but an amateur in the sense that nobody got paid. And the symphony course in Atlanta. So it was kind of the best of both worlds. Um, And and I remember uh, in those rehearsals, I I tried, I either looked at him or I looked at the trumpet players or the violinists when we were with the orchestra, like, okay, what can
1: I learn from these people? Mm -hmm. And I realized
2: I don't have any more years I've got down here. But I've got this I've gotta watch this guy and see how he does that. Yeah.
1: Can I well can I add something there? I mean, there's a there's a lesson there on its own and, and I've definitely learned that and I know Kara you've learned this as well. Like, you know, going to college as a music major and, and I was actually talking to, to Bill Hardin the other day and and, and he was talking to a, an incoming student, but he described it, he said, you know, college gives you the tools to be successful, but it's up to you to use them. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think we definitely learned that, that it's it's ultimately up to you on how much you get out of college. Sure. And that's one of the biggest things is using those kind of opportunities to to just sit and watch. I mean, it's... I mean, it's well, so-
0: we were talking about it um, whenever we were rehearsing for Messiah, like we were watching you conduct and how precise and oh, everything that you cool. are. And it's we've not only learned a lot from you in like our college experience, but even now that we're graduated and working with you in other ways, we...
2: Well, that's kind yeah. of... I, I appreciate it. I, I I remember watching Mr. Nguyen and Mr. Shaw do Messiah, mm-hmm. and I would write down, mm-hmm. and I still got it my score from, from back then, he subdivided the last two measures. He mm-hmm. didn't subdivide here. He subdivided yeah. it this way, this time, and this way, another time okay, I didn't understand why, but I thought I've got to make notes on this because yeah. th- he's doing things that I really don't understand, uh, and I may never understand, but at least I can go back and go, he did this, this, and this, or w- the whole sheet of standing cues, and we really didn't yeah. have it. We had one standing cue and, when we did Messiah, but yeah, where are those, and why did you place them there? Exactly. Uh, and so uh, it was, uh, you said a, a minute ago, it was as valuable as Mm-hmm. Maybe more valuable than any college class yeah. that i took
1: and and I start thinking about the more I think about like for me i mean it's easy for me, I still do this to you know especially in the choir and you're singing with an orchestra in in that context, they're rehearsing it's so easy to just <laughs> <It's only laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. you know but sure. but but and I and you know some people may hear that, especially you know students may hear that and think, oh well, it's just you know, what am I going to learn from watching someone for an hour? Yeah, And maybe that on its own, maybe you get one thing out of it. But it's like, I mean, if you do that multiple times, it's like one person that sits there and watches again and again sure. and again every opportunity that happens versus uh, over time, like there's going to be a huge difference there. <laughs> there's a, there's <laughs> a payoff. There really is. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I'll be forever grateful
2: that I, uh, I mean, the first time I saw Don Newman conduct, uh, I was a freshman in college and I saw him in a rehearsal and went, this is different. This guy really knows what he wants. If we don't follow, he stops. He doesn't give in an inch. He's, he's thought out way ahead of time, what his tempo is going to be, how he's going to give the prep, where he's going to subdivide, where the retard is going to be. Uh, and it was, uh, it was really special. So, was, cool. and, and my college band director was great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, Dr. Julian, I learned a lot from him and I'm so grateful for that experience. But, uh, uh, I've probably said it to both of you I say it all the time one of these days when I grow up I'm going to look like Don Newman when I conduct I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be that clear and that expressive and it
1: hasn't happened yet but but there's still hope right it can yeah. still get better uh, well, when Kara said we've definitely seen we've seen it we feel like uh, we've seen it yeah. in, in those those uh, echoes of all those years mm-hmm. so I, I, I appreciate it I appreciate it but there's the,
2: the, the thing good students make good teachers right and so <laughs> Students that are good and do the things they're supposed to do make teachers look better, (laughs) right? Always. so I
1: I appreciate that. (laughs) appreciate your help. So you were singing with Robert Shaw for, and how long were you doing all that? I sang a total of three years.
2: Uh, The first year I sang in the big group, the 250 voice group or 225, depending year to year. The second year I auditioned for the large group again and was invited to audition for the chamber choir. Uh, with the large group, uh, Mr. Sh- Mr. Shaw's uh, choral administrator and assistant conductors, you auditioned for them. You didn't audition for, for, for Mr. Shaw. But for the chamber choir, if you got it, uh, invited to audition for the 60 voice group, then that next round of aud- auditions was with, with Robert Shaw. And I can remember walking in on a Sunday afternoon, and there were, I guess, 40 basses in the room, and we just stood in a half circle, and he set up on a, a platform. And had a desk, and he just went down the line and called oh, everybody's name. And we mm-hmm. sang e- excerpts from Messiah. We sang the bass solos, mm-hmm. and I and I was about I was maybe halfway in that circle, you know, fifteen or twenty in, and thought, "Well, <laughs> oh, there's no chance I'm going to make this because I, I sound like a little boy." <laughs> I mean, these are these are grown men, and I was I mean I was grown. I was twenty three or twenty four, but I sure didn't yeah. sound like them. Uh, and I I, I we, we probably all had those moments where I knew I was standing, and I thought. I think my knees are knocking together, mm-hmm. and I know the music's shaking. There's no <laughs> doubt about that, so this is not going to sound very good. But uh, but I got in, and um, the chamber choir was—the um, the large group was really good, and the chamber choir was even better. Hmm. Um, I mean, we one of the things we did that year was Messiah, all, the whole thing, complete Messiah at Christmas. And the first rehearsal, we read it. Everybody oh. had the marks. He only stopped a handful of times because he didn't have mm. he didn't yeah. have to stop. It was, and I can remember thinking, "Wow, this is a pretty good group," uh, and, and still thinking, "How did I get in? It must have made a mistake. <laughs> there must have been a problem there with the auditions." But, I think we've all felt that way at some point uh, in but, some uh, group. <laughs> but I, so anyway, the, the second year I did the chamber choir, and then the third year, I was living in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Actually, the second year, too, but that's a long story. And I was uh, a, a band director. And on Monday nights, I would finish teaching. I'd drive down to Atlanta. I'd get there about 7.15. So it's a four-hour drive from Knoxville to Atlanta. Get there about 7.15. Rehearsal started at 7.30. It'd end at 10 o'clock. I'd get back in the car, drive home, and get get back to Knoxville about 2 o'clock in the oh, morning and get up and teach gosh. the next day. Oh, and uh, people were going, why are you doing that? you got to be crazy. And went, no, this is... I mean, I can sleep later, and I was young enough; I was <laughs> could still yeah, make yeah. that drive and, <laughs> sure. and and do it. Uh, but uh, it it was worth it was worth the risk and the time. So uh, total, it was two years in the large group, one year in the small group, and then I went to grad school. And then the the break from band started, and I went to grad school at Eastman, uh, and and that was a choral conducting degree. and Don mm-hmm. Newen was there, mm-hmm. and he had made the the mistake. When he left the University of Tennessee, he said, you know, you should come up and see me at Eastman. I went, okay. <laughs> and so a couple years later, I did. And, uh, and Eastman was a great experience. Um, got to, to, to directly study with him. I'd only, you know, watched him conduct, but I took conducting and, and the choralic classes from him and mm-hmm. uh, choral methods courses and, and learned so much. And so... Uh, um, Again, I was was lucky to to have that chance to, to go back and study with him, and then uh, I ended up doing band again for a couple more years. But mm-hmm. but, but I kept trying to get to choir, and, mm-hmm. and eventually
1: yeah. that happened. So you turned to the light side. Yeah, it's <laughs> right from the dark or to the dark side. Right, yeah, it's it all how you the look two, at it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And then so then after so you you changed to choir, and. We can talk a little bit more about just kind of the differences between those two camps in, in a little while, but it's kind of, where did you go from there as far as, as far as working and, and everything like that?
2: Well, I, I had, um, boy, it's the, 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 the backstory on that, I, I had done band, uh, for about three years, went to grad school, got out of grad school from Eastman and, uh, was applying for jobs. I finished in May, started applying for jobs, and uh, thank goodness I didn't didn't get any of them. I I, I was applying for college jobs, oh. uh, and it was a time where you could still get a college job with a master's degree, wow. and and I applied for a lot, applied for, for some high school jobs too, and could not get arrested. I could not I didn't get <laughs> one nibble, uh, and that started in May. And it was September, and school had started, and I was still unemployed. Hmm. And a, a trumpet player friend of mine called me out of the blue and went, Hey, what are you doing? I went uh, looking for a job. He goes, Can you be in Nashville on Monday with a silver cornet? I went, Yeah. He goes, Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's how I got the, the next part of my life where I toured with a band for a year, Jack Daniels Silver Cornet oh, Band. Oh, wow. Uh But. You know, I look back at, and, and God's providence, there it was. I needed a job. I got the brass band job, toured with them for a year. Mm-hmm. Stopped doing that, got an interim band director job full time again, still couldn't get a choral job. Mm. At that point, my twin brother had moved to Hawaii and he was a band director at a private school out there. I did inter- I did a, a, a assistant band director job, an interim job for one year. The choral position opened in Hawaii. I applied, got it boom nice. and then wow so and then I stayed in Hawaii for 11 years as a high school choir director so that was it, it took a long time for me to make the complete leap from band to choir and even then I I'd, I'd go to band camp with my brother and I did trumpet sectionals and I mm-hmm. still played and uh, so I was still uh, involved a little bit but uh, but that experience at Punahou in Honolulu uh, you know, Great students, a great school. I got to teach with my twin brother for four years. Wow. Live in
1: Hawaii. Can't yeah. com- can't yeah. complain about that. Yeah, can't for can't sure. Complain. Cool. Now, how did how did you end up at, at Hardin-Simmons, where you are now? Um,
2: I was teaching at the University of Georgia. And uh, Dr. Clell Wright, I'd gone to school with Dr. Wright. We were both uh, uh, doctoral students at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. You've heard him say it. I've said it a bunch of times. We were... Teaching assistants together, we shared an office, mm-hmm. set up risers, moved chairs and stands. That's what we copied music. That's what we were doing all the time. But he called me and said, "Hey, there's going to be an opening at Hardin Simmons, and you should apply." And I went, "Oh no, I'm not moving to Texas." <laughs> and so that's what they all said. That's, what, that's, what, yeah. that's right. And so about that was probably a year before the job opened. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I applied. They uh, they had me come in. And I did the audition, and. Uh, they offered me the job, and uh, I was as conflicted as I've ever been over anything in my life, because hmm. my family—we just moved into our second house in Georgia. Mm. Uh, it was a great place for everybody, and and University of Georgia was a great place. Don't get me wrong, but what I was doing there was not what I'd gone to school to do. It was a straight mm. music ed position. Uh, I wasn't teaching conducting. I wasn't conducting ensembles. Uh, I was getting to work with grad students, but they were only music education classes, and uh, and and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'd gotten two degrees in conducting, and I wasn't yeah, conducting. Yeah. So uh, they offered the job. Uh, Lawson Hager was the dean at that time, and I remember talking to him on the phone on a Friday afternoon. I had the contract; it was in my back pocket. He needed me to sign it or not, and I said, "Look, I I, I can't decide. I need to. Uh, can you give me until Monday?" And it, and this was a Friday afternoon. He goes, you think about it over the weekend, uh, and you call me Monday morning, but we want you to come and be part of our faculty. And mm-hmm. as soon as he said that, I went, Oh no, we're <laughs> moving to Texas oh. <laughs> because nobody had ever said that to me like that. Uh, uh yeah. and, and so I knew, I knew Dr. Wright really well, How but you- Lawson Hager, the Dean of the school of music said to me, mm-hmm. we really want you to come and be part of our faculty. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and that was it. That was the hook, and I knew. I knew then we we're going cool. to be moving to Texas. So it's awesome. I, I've never regretted it, uh, and you can blame Lawson Hager or, or Clell Wright <laughs> uh, for anybody that that wishes I stayed in Georgia. But uh, huh. and so that's how I got to Harden Simmons, and now 14 years later, mm-hmm. I'm still here. Starts year 15 next year. So oh, wow. it's,
1: it's gone by oh. and, uh, in a heartbeat. Gone by really, really fast. Well, and then we, we first met you, I should have said this in the intro, but we first met you at 8 a.m. on <laughs> the first m- morning. Monday morning of our freshman okay. year of college in beginning music theory. <laughs> wow. Those are the days. Yep. <laughs> every day at 8 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. It was every Five day. Five days a
2: week. When, <laughs> all the days. And then uh, if you were in Corral,
1: and I can't remember, got, yeah. for, for a semester?
0: First semester we were in corral freshman year. Yeah, I mean, and then
1: I think I still sing because because I we, we both auditioned for concert choir the, the next semester and we both got in. But Dr. Wright had asked me to still sing in chorale with y'all. So I think well, I appreciate the whole year. Oh yeah, it's kind of like now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still yeah. For those of y'all that don't know, I I still sing in. I work at Hardin Simmons, and so I still sing in choir during my lunch break most of the time. So and I appreciate it. You haven't been paroled yet; sentence has been commuted.
0: Can you talk about like your experience at in Hawaii? And like, was that like you? That was it wasn't your first year teaching, mm-hmm. but that was your first year teaching.
2: First choir. year teaching choir full time. I'd, yeah. I'd done some community choirs and I'd done some church choirs, uh, but I hadn't done any full time secondary high school mm-hmm. level choir. And so, uh, I'd had a lot of ex- experience on a lot of instrumental experience, uh, a lot of vocal experience, singing, and some some choral conducting experience, but but not full time, every day. Yeah, uh, three different choirs, and so uh, so it was great. Uh, the school Punahou Academy, um, I in the high school. Probably had uh, seventeen hundred, close to seven, close to eighteen hundred students. Wow. K through twelve. It was big. Uh, over thirty five hundred students. So the largest wow. uh, private school in the United States and the oldest private school west of the Rockies. It was founded in eighteen forty one. Know that. Wow. So it had been there uh, a long time. I mean, fifty years before Abilene was founded. Man, wow. the school was founded, uh, founded by Christian missionaries so that their children wouldn't have to make the journey all the way back to New England mm. to go to school. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a great, uh, the school had a strong tradition of, uh, well, I should back up and say there's a strong tradition of, in Hawaii of singing, not necessarily choral singing. Mm-hmm. Everybody sings, and everybody's walking cool. around playing an ukulele or a guitar oh, and, that's awesome. and, and singing. Uh, the school had a real st- strong music program. I said earlier, my brother was the band director. He had uh, over 200 in the band. The orchestra, high school orchestra, had over 100 and f- probably between 120 and 150 string players. Mm. There were almost 200 in the choir. And so, you know, almost 600 students out of the 1,600 in high school were in band, that's choir, cool. or orchestra. That's awesome. Uh, Man, that's and the journey. arts were really important. Mm. Uh, program was well funded i had all the money i could could use to buy music wow. uh, and with choir you don't need we already had risers we had a shell so you don't mm-hmm. you know uh the and the band and orchestra were well funded as well um so uh, that that part of the job was great um students were really talented most of them had come through the school and there was a a k through 6 Music program in place so they had learned to read music mm-hmm. a lot of them have been in band before mm-hmm. orchestra before play piano so uh, uh, most
1: of the students when they came in the choir could already read That's wow. nice, and That's so a, makes makes a huge difference and yeah, everything about I mean I'm sure there were still obviously some difficult things about mm-hmm. it but was, as far as the you know what you had available to you that that sounds like, like a, a lot of people's job. dream mm-hmm. yeah. it, was, it, it was a great job it, if it had been anyplace else in the country, it, it would have still been a
2: great job, but it was mm. in Honolulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, a great place to live. Uh, obviously, I mean, the beach has an appeal and the weather and everything. But uh, for my brother and I, two guys out of East Tennessee, uh, to go and be exposed to that culture hmm. was uh, was so good for us. Uh, and, and the people, uh, just like anywhere, if you're nice to them, they'll be nice to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. And they, they, uh, I, I, I re- remember still have friends out there, still have some students, former students that I stay in touch with. And, uh, uh, everything about it was a great experience. Cool. Uh, you know, uh, I, I got to be careful to say that's the best job I ever had. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I w- wouldn't say that, uh, but it's, <laughs> uh, I, it, it's dangerous to do that. Um, but it, it, it was, uh, it was a really good job, and it was at the the perfect place, uh, perfect time in our lives, and I'm uh, I'm so grateful for that, and and so amazed that that my my brother and I ended up out there together at the mm-hmm. same time. It's like, yeah, I, we had no idea that was going to happen. Cool. Uh, but anyway, Hawaii and Punahou School, I I, I I my brother and I talk about it all the time. We got those jobs. I was 29 when I went out. He was 27 when he went out. Uh, I left when I was forty, so I was there eleven years, wow. and I learned how to teach there. I mean, and yeah. people might yeah. say, "Well, you, you still haven't." I haven't <laughs> figured it out. I, I, I don't mean that I figured it out, but but I certainly uh, uh, figured out a lot of things. Not everything. I don't mean it like that. And I, it, it, any mistake you could make, I, I made, right? and I still make them. But I, I made a bunch out there. Uh, uh, but. Uh, and my brother and I talk about this they probably you know whatever that is uh, 30 years later n- neither one of us would have probably been hired mm. because we were young and we didn't have that much experience but yeah you know for whatever reason god's providence yeah. they, they looked kindly <laughs> on us god's favor cool. and they hired us and uh, I, I'm grateful for it
1: so so then so that was your first choir directing job yep. and you had already taught band for how many years? Six, six years. So I'm kind of curious about making that switch. Obviously you had experience singing in choir, which some people don't even get that yeah. luxury, but you know what, you know, what big differences did you notice or big, you know, kind of things that you learned quickly about, you know, how much of a difference in dynamic was there going from band to choir and the different types of ensembles? It, it, when I made the switch, I think I think the the most difficult thing for me,
2: uh, it, it really wasn't the rehearsing or the conducting, although there's some there's some differences there, and, and we may talk about that. But the the biggest difficulty I had was literature, mm. because the literature I'd known would work for the top choir, mm. for the junior senior mixed choir, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't work for the freshman, and it yeah. wouldn't work for the middle choir, and there was a gap there. I mean that kind of literature we didn't talk about at eastman and we didn't sing that kind of literature in atlanta or at Mm -hmm. the university of tennessee with don Newen. and so i remember struggling to try to find okay i've got 80 85 freshmen in this choir it's a mixed choir there's nothing i can do about it they meet i can't change it the guidance counselors have this set Hmm. but i've got 65 to sixty to sixty five uh girls in that class, and fifteen or twenty guys hmm. and of those fifteen or twenty guys, five or six of them you might call tenors, but you really call yeah. altos
0: well, I know what you mean their their
2: voices i mean their voices hadn't changed yet they were yeah. they were still altos yep. in that sense of the word, so what am I going to sing that's going to work yeah. And that's that's the thing where i uh where I struggled because I made the mistake and shot out that SATB stuff that was way too hard yeah, in yeah. registers that they couldn't sing, and I thought, okay, I've got to, I've got to rewrite this, or I've got to take SAB and retool that, or or some part one two three things and, mm-hmm. and make that work, and and uh, that was the challenge, uh, mm. and thankfully that got better, and toward the end of my time there. Uh, the internet came into being or access into it. And so <laughs> oh, you could yeah. actually get on there and search around for some things. And that helped because before that, you, you got the JW Pepper catalog mm-hmm. and you searched through that, or you went and talked to other choir directors and went, Hey, mm-hmm. what are you doing with your? Have you got a freshman choir? Yeah. Okay. What are you doing? Okay. Wait, let me write that down. Let me see some of yeah. your programs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and one of the people that was so kind to me when I first went out there, and I've, I've got to give him credit, uh, Dale Noble was at Kamehameha Schools. And uh, Dale's brother uh, was Weston Noble, from Luther College in Decorah, Iowa, who was mm-hmm. a legend, like in the choral world. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd heard of of uh, Weston Noble and Luther College in Decorah, Iowa, and Dale, his brother, never mentioned that. <laughs> you know, you probably heard of my brother Weston, <laughs> no- and I was so. Unaware, I didn't make the connection. Oh, the last name's Noble, and it's another choir director. Yeah, it, yeah. And I'd been there years before somebody went. Well, you know who Dale's brother is, don't you? I went. No, it's Weston Noble. I went. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, but but Dale was so kind to have me. He uh, uh, invited me over to his to his office and showed me some of his programs and showed me some literature that would work mm. for for. Younger high school choirs, uh, and uh, he was really kind. How he introduced that to me, yeah. Because he could have just been insulting and went, "Look, you, you really don't know what you're doing with that sure. with that group, do you?" And, <laughs> and that's the truth. I really didn't know at times, but uh, but there were other people as well. But uh, I got to have to mention Dale Noble. Uh, what a good guy! And uh, and because of Dale, then years later I met Weston. And uh, yeah. it's like wow, cool. another let choral conducting legend. Right, and I got to, to to meet and watch him work a little bit.
1: Well, it's interesting. I don't know if you were thinking about this, Kara, but it's interesting that you talk about having that struggle with finding the right repertoire. Mm-hmm. Is there is still
0: that's still like such a yeah, and prominent struggle with a lot of
1: yeah, and especially in that that context S-A-V. of the voicing. Yeah, because yeah. we were just talking about this this past couple of weeks, and we we're in this choir directors, Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And there've been a, a lot of people talking recently about how there's just not enough SAB music because and the
0: SAB music that there is. And what I've experienced is like very high. And I, I only have one true tenor in my high school choir yeah. and he's the only one that can hit those notes. And the others yeah. are, have their voices have completely changed and they're very like baritone basses. They can't sing an E above the staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It it was interesting. I had, because I had a while back, I I sent out a survey in one of those groups. It was actually a middle school um, choir directors group. And um, I asked them to answer just a couple of questions. And and one of the questions I had on there, because, you know, I'm a composer and I was wanting wanting to get a good idea. and, And the highest voted type of voicing that they're in need of is SAB. Sure. And then I had another question that it was just kind of a broad, you know, what kind of advice. Could you give to a composer, you know, that's writing for, for your group and stuff? And there were a few, there were multiple that said you can write a, a lower bass part, mm-hmm. like a, a, a part for true basses at this age. Like they yeah. want to sing lower and they can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. yeah, They want to use but, that new voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: So, <laughs> so since you've had that experience switching from band to choir, and again, I mean, you had that previous experience, but... You know, for any teachers that are out there that, you know, they they majored in music ed, choral, but then they get into a situation where they're having to teach band, all of a sudden they've never, or vice versa. Any advice that you could kind of give them or or any specific things that would be good to focus on starting out uh, in those situations? Well, the main thing is you got to get
2: help. Yeah. I mean, you've (laughs) got to get help. When I first started as a band director, um, I'd had... Brass methods, woodwind methods, string methods, percussion methods, and and where I went to school, to the University of Tennessee, that meant I played violin for. We were on the quarter system, but I played violin for a quarter. I played cello for a quarter. I played string bass for a quarter. I played bassoon for a quarter. I played flute for a quarter. I minored on clarinet. Percussion for a whole quarter, uh, saxophone for a quarter. Uh, okay. That's a lot of experience, and still, when I got at the first thing I did, my brother and and my double first cousin are, are both saxophonists. Call them and go, okay, you got to help me. What do I do with these saxophones? What do I do with these flutes? Yeah. What do I do with these clarinets? Uh, it, until you kind of get comfortable, and and I still call them even after I'd been doing well, or call a friend of mine who was a flute player and go, all right, my flutes are having trouble doing this. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's that's the best advice I can give: is get help now and. And if you were going to switch, if you were a band director and your principal came in and said, "Hey, we want to start a choir," and you're certified EC through twelve band, choir, and orchestra, okay, so you're going to start a choir next year. <laughs> uh, Got to get some help. Uh, if
0: that happened to me, like if I, I was told that I needed to start a band, band, <laughs> <I'm>, I quit. <laughs> well, <you> know, <laughs> I, oh,
2: I, I think it's, I think it's possible if you're a band director to to make the the switch to choir. Yeah.
0: It's, but if you've never imagine. played a wind instrument, and you yeah. played flute, I played flute for a little yeah. bit, so I yeah
2: I don't know, but a to bit. go the other way if if you're a yeah. a, a choral musician and you never mm-hmm. played a wind instrument or a string instrument other than a methods class, mm-hmm. and they said, we want you to do band, yeah I mean yeah, the, the first hurdle is the transposition Oh, transpositions yep. <sighs> right and and uh, I mean there are band directors that struggle with the transpositions oh, but sure, but if that's <laughs> going to be the the killer. Gosh. And I've probably said this to, to you all before. My twin brother, who grew up, we both grew up singing, and he made all state choir. You know, in in high school, mm-hmm. I didn't audition, but I, I should have. But he made mm-hmm. it, so I thought, well, if he made it, I probably could have as well. <laughs> <That's> not necessarily <laughs> true. But his principal came to him. He was a band, high school band director, and said, uh, "We want to start a, a choir, and we want you to do it." Mm. We wow. already talked a couple of times a day. we was just burning the phone up. Mm-hmm. Constantly. Okay, what, how do I do a warm up? What does it need to sound like? Mm-hmm. Uh, what tune should we do? How do I do this? And, and how do I structure it? And how do I do the auditions and how to do, do the voice mm-hmm. placement? And he could sing and yeah. he still s- struggled, but he yeah. did the smart thing. He reached out yeah. and then got help. Uh, and so that would be, that's the, I, I don't know that there's any book you can read mm-hmm. that would answer all those questions. I would say reach out to somebody that you know that. That you went to school with, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like yeah. you guys were friends. There was a, a core group of people. Mm-hmm. You were you guys were together when yeah. you went through Harden Simmons, um, and it may have been all vocal, but I don't know if there was an instrumental person in there as well. Mm-hmm. But you go, yeah. hey, I got to call them up and go, what do I do with these trumpet players or trombone players? Yeah, uh, you got to get help. Uh, yeah, for sure. It, it's not the it's not the arm waving. Yeah, yeah. It's the other the conducting is going to take care else. of yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. It's, It's the literature, and then uh, just what do I say? How do I talk to a trumpet player? Oh, yeah. How do I talk? You know,
1: it's the rehearsing. Yeah. How do
2: I talk that makes sense to a percussionist or or a violinist? And yeah, that yeah, that's. But it's possible, but it just goes to show you that I mean, music. There's a lot of there is a common denominator, but the, the 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 specifics, the specialties of each one are. Yeah, I'll I'll tie it back mm-hmm. into Robert Shaw when he got the uh, the job in Atlanta as the director of orchestral activities or the the orchestral director. He'd been an assistant with George Zell at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He'd been uh, the orchestral director at San Diego. He'd had a lot of orchestral experience, but now he was going to be the orchestra guy, not an assistant, the head the, the orchestra conductor. And his first rehearsal, he stood up in front of the orchestra in Atlanta and said. You know more about your instruments than I do, but I know more about the score than you do. Huh. And that yeah, was good. that was the trade-off, right? He yeah. knew he would never understand how to play violin like the principal violinist, huh. but he could yeah. know he could know the score better than anybody mm. in the room, hmm. and so that was a, a a great lesson. Never forgot it. Right? Score oh, man. study.
1: Yeah. Well, and it it also it, I feel like that would kind of help. That kind of helps that whole teamwork. Aspect as well, because everyone's on the same page. Yep, you know, Shaw's.
2: uh, I mean, he did so many things well, but he did try to build a a group of people that we're going to come together and we're going to make this musical experience happen. Mm -hmm. It's not I'm the I'm up on the podium. I'm in charge. I tell you everything to do. It's how can we do this together? How can we collaborate? Some orchestral musicians were unsettled by that. That he was willing to Hmm. work. But a lot thought it was refreshing that here's the guy that's the director of the orchestra, going well. Well, let's. How can we do this? What, what can we do to mm. make this better together as an yeah. ensemble? Wow. So uh, that that's an important lesson because wow. we can uh, sometimes think as conductors we're <laughs> a little more important than we are. Mm. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, we all want to be needed and liked, but. Uh, it's amazing the group can sing or oh, play yeah. without you.
0: And I've, I've seen that happen whenever I'm gone. Uh, like, if I have a substitute with my top, top group, my show choir, I'll leave them, like, just sing through these songs. like. And I get a report back from the substitute, and they're like, they did what they were supposed to do. They sang great. And yeah. um there's one time, whenever we were at TMEA, um, I needed them to come up with choreography for one of their songs. And they... Hunkered down, sent me a video of them doing nice. it, and yeah, they can do a lot of things without me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and you've helped them. I mean, you, you you've run rehearsals and and laid the groundwork for them, and now they can yeah they can start and stop the tunes. Yeah, they really can. And during UIL season,
0: yeah. for sure, that's that we were yeah. in the middle of it, and I had one of my students lead the, through sight reading, like they knew how they knew the notes on the piano and. Yeah. yeah, they went through it and, and everything
1: and that's so important too because i mean i'm thinking about your story kara one of the big moments that you realized why wow, i really want to you know do music for a living was when when uh, miss antonone let you she had to go and she let you kind of personally yeah. kind of lead everything
0: it was scary it was scary but it <laughs> was spot
1: yeah, for sure but but then you learned that you could do it and you realized, oh i kind of like this mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's cool it's awesome
0: what band versus choir? Like the community aspect, did you see a difference between like how people interacted with each other or how you interacted with uh, your students?
1: Yeah, I'm curious about that as
2: well. It, actually. Yeah, it, it it's the same, but it's different. Hmm. Um, band, I, I, uh, I mean, the bands I grew up in, the bands I was around, I, I think have just have as much community as any choir. Mm-hmm. It, it's maybe not as visible. Uh, because uh and not saying band is less emotional than choir, mm-hmm. but if you're holding an instrument, you've got it up against your mouth. Yeah. It, it is not the same as if your instrument is your speaking voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I, I've heard people say that choirs are more social than band. I don't know that that's I don't know that that's true. Maybe they're more outgoing in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Because their voice is their instrument. It's yeah. hard to separate the two. Uh, but I've I've been a part of, of bands where there was a real community. And and the same thing with choir. Uh, how they maybe how they show it is different. Um and mm-hmm. not that choirs aren't don't rehearse and, and and they are structured at when it's at its best. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember a whole lot of times in college ever laughing in a band rehearsal. Yeah. Hmm. I remember more times in choir, and, and yeah. we didn't laugh a lot in choir because it was really structured. Mm-hmm. But, but even in Atlanta with Mr. Shaw, where it was really orderly and strict as far as what we were going to accomplish in rehearsal, there were still moments hmm. um, where somebody would do something, he'd say something, and, and it was really, really funny, uh, or it was really emotional hmm. uh, because of the music. And I felt that in band, and I felt it in choir. Uh, so I, it, it's different, I, and I'm yeah. not sure I can put into words how it is different. I've I, I probably shed more tears during choral pieces than band mm-hmm. pieces, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they weren't sure of course, yeah. that they weren't important, yep. and 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 that there wasn't an emotion there. Uh, it's just a, and maybe for for us in choir, text. Yeah, I was going mean, to say that yeah I mean yeah. you have that besides so your the, the music you've got that text that that it's makes a connection layer. to mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh it's a good thing, but band choir orchestra, I think our students now, whatever middle school high school college after college there's a real hunger for that uh yeah that connection and any performing ensemble and and the music especially if it's good music done at a at a at a at a high level um I think there's a, a a bond there from the people that make that music that, uh, and and not just the music making, although that's really that's that's why we come together. But mm-hmm. that sense of uh, oh, family's an overused word, but
1: <laughs> oh yeah. But
2: the, I don't know. There, there, but there is a connection. Yeah, and they have a connection to you as their teacher mm-hmm. because you've shared things with them. You've shared. I mean. They've seen you conduct. They've seen you talk about a piece. They they've seen that it means something to mm-hmm. you, or you've seen it means something to them. And, yeah. and there's that For sure that that relationship.
1: Well, and I was just kind of I'd never really thought about it this way, but I was just thinking, kind of like what you were saying. There's a difference between kind of a lot of times the emotional. There can be the emotional aspect between band and choir. And I I just kind of because you said when your instrument is you, not something yes. else. And sure. personal. Yeah, and I was just kind of picturing in my head too. It's like, you know, you're, I mean, you're sitting in the audience and you're listening to a band. There's something, there's literally something in between you and the the performer. Sure. sure. When that's the instrument. And obviously the instrument is what's making it all great, mm-hmm. but yep. something about you know hearing, you know, seeing the choir and, and that's it. They're right there. Yep. <laughs> and they're it's like they're talking to you, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to come across like I'm saying, like, you know, choir is more superior than, (laughs) you know, but it's a, (laughs) it's a different.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I played in bands where I looked around and, and, um, you know, you, you can see, uh, cynical, egotistical trumpet players are all, all, (laughs) everybody's almost in tears
1: Yeah, yeah. and it
2: happened and you go, well, where did that come from? Yeah. We're we're playing a Lionel Richie tune at an outdoor concert, and this this is not the it's not I mean I like this tune I'm talking about still, but I looked around at all the guys in the trumpet section. We're, all of a sudden we're going, you can see they're emotional. Yeah, and it 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 yeah. clicked, and you think wow Man. how does that happen? Yeah, um, but it happens in it happens in choir. Now choir we have to be careful, but it. It's emotional before it's good. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Wow, that's it, true. You can, can <laughs> head down that path. I, will, I You can edit this out if you need to. A, a Robert <laughs> Shaw story, right? Okay, okay, yeah, you'll go for it. We're singing uh, Durafle Requiem, the uh, Sanctus, in rehearsal. And it's a beautiful piece. And Mr. Shaw's rehearsals, um, you always sang soft. You count sang. You didn't get to put the dynamics in until just couple of weeks before the performance, because the notes and the rhythms, everything had to line up and be perfect. So we're singing this. We actually get to sing text. We're not count singing. We're singing text. Mm-hmm. We get about halfway through the, the Sanctus, and it had gotten louder and louder and louder, and it's now at the dynamic. It's supposed to be sung. And looked around mm-hmm. the room, and half the choir's crying. Wow. Um, I could look across at the sopranos, and they were done. That They were trying to sing, but they'd stopped, and they were wiping their eyes. Wow. I look up at him. He's in tears. He stops it and goes, uh, well, you need to hear it in the sound before you feel it in your heart. Oh! And, and at the time, I thought, oh, no, why did you say that? Because this was really beautiful. <laughs> but he wanted to head that thing off. Like, it can't just be emotion. It yeah it has starting to, off yeah. it has to be you know you have to have done the work and it has to be together and, oh. and in tune and in tempo and all those things,
1: uh, but I'll never forget it. I mean, it, it was just one of those moments where man, that's I think that's huge. I think I mean I, I mean, I'm in no place to actually say anything, but there have just been times where I feel like you know I feel like there are sometimes conductors that it's all about the emotion, which is great. It's, I mean, it's we important need to have the emotion, you but like, like, it's easy to think that, oh, if I'm just being super precise and everything, that's not going to bring out any yeah. emotion. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can still, you should still yeah. have that. Yeah. So, and, and I'm just, this is Robert Shaw quotes. Here you go. Yeah. Uh, saw him
2: in another, uh, another rehearsal, and he said, talking about notes and rhythms, our, our mission is we have to have the right notes and right rhythms in tune, in tempo. And then we, we have the freedom to be expressive. And he said, "If if the plate is clean, the dove will descend. <laughs> mm-hmm. If your offering is worthy, the Holy Spirit. Wow, you, yeah. you may have an emotional experience, Man. but only if you did it. If you did it the right way. Yeah, you have to go hmm. through the work, and not just and 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 it's so easy with choir. You can yeah. flip that. Sure, and and that's not to say that sometimes the emotion. Sometimes the emotion." will help yeah yeah it will help lock in some of those mm-hmm. but if you can't sing the right note in the right rhythm the emotion's not going to make the right note in the right rhythm for sure clean mm-hmm. for sure uh
1: yeah but wow. that's
2: also the reminder and it's so easy to get into the I, i'm on this quest for the right note and right rhythm Of mm-hmm. um, we got to get that and then we've got to get to the expressive elements because yeah, yeah. that's the payoff
1: it's the building the building yeah. block the investment the, yeah. 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 yeah yeah that's awesome
0: how did your like teaching strategies? Have you noticed like how it's evolved over the years? And
2: it, it, hopefully, it's gotten better. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I hope because um, you know I was fortunate. I, I've said it several times already to watch Don Newman rehearse and watch Robert Shaw rehearse, uh, and 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 my college band director as well. Um, really efficient as far as. Uh, how they paced rehearsals a lot more singing and playing than talking mm-hmm. uh, but having said that uh, the the work I, I, I feel sorry for the for the middle school band students I had when I was singing with Robert Shaw on Monday nights and I'd roll in on Tuesdays uh, and they'd have to because the way he rehearsed professionals and and the, and the chorus is not the way you can rehearse middle school band <laughs> students uh, it's just not uh, uh, although I tried that and uh, but to get back to your question, I, I, I think, um, well, I, I mean, I was taught early on, uh, from Mr. Newman and I know, I know exactly why, but when you hear a mistake, stop, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. don't go on, stop. Well, and the reason is because if you let him go on and sing past the mistake, then you've just reinforced yeah. the mistake. Yeah. Uh, and so there has to be a balance between that and. I'm going to let you sing 32 bars, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and in that first yeah. measure talk yeah. to you about something you did uh-huh, a uh-huh. minute and a half ago that you're not going to remember. Yeah. So between those two, between that micro-macro approach, hmm. or, or a lot of starting and stopping, I, I think I've gotten better. Um, uh, about let it letting a group sing more, and then go deal with the things that need to, to, to that need to be improved or, or need to be changed. Uh, and I should, should say, uh, and, and I'm about to make a real generalization, which is dangerous, uh, to say that Mr. Newen only stopped, I mean, stopped constantly, that's not true, uh, because he didn't, That we ran sections with him as well, and then went back and rehearsed, but, but it was more stop when you hear a mistake. Uh, with Dr. Ely, when I was in grad school and the doctoral degree, he took a more macro approach, like, if the, maybe there's one thing I could say that would influence this whole piece. Hmm. And I wouldn't have and some of that would filter down into it. Uh, and I wouldn't have to start and stop as much. So hmm. that really changed for me. Uh, I, and I actually hear those two voices in my head, and it's a constant balance now that's like the two voices on huh. my shoulder. Yeah. stop And the other one's going, no, say this at the beginning and maybe you don't have to stop. And both of them are valid and both of them are good. And it depends on the group, the situation, the time that you have. And, you know, from teaching, you read the ensemble mm-hmm. and you can stop and you start to talk and they go, uh, and yeah. like, <laughs> okay, well, maybe I won't stop and talk too much or yeah. try to fix too much. This is going to be the big macro rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or if I've got your attention, it's maybe the more micro approach uh, yeah. where, I, where I deal with that. But I'm going to get back to it and say, I think for all of us now, um, attention spans are shorter. Yes, my, yeah, i mean yeah. my attention spans sh- shorter uh, mm-hmm. and um now for me the golden rule uh every eight to ten minutes if i don't change pieces i need to at least change approaches in mm-hmm. hmm. uh, yeah. and, and that i might you know review a section we did the day before uh hit some things and then work a new section and then try to put them together but to just grind it yeah uh it yeah. just doesn't it doesn't go, and I'm not blaming uh, younger students that their attention span. I mean, all of our attention spans mm-hmm. have been shortened by the world we live in, and, yeah. and and all of us have to deal with the instant gratification. How, you know, I mean, yeah. it's the same thing for for conductors. I get frustrated. You know, I mean, it's not better now. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and reteach that. Oh, uh, and and our students are the same way. So, I I, I think uh, boy, the the rehearsal process is is uh, or the learning process for rehearsals is ongoing. Um, I, I don't have it figured out. Um, and, and there are days when I run a rehearsal and go, okay, that was pretty good. And then there are days where I call my brother and go, I just did the worst choral rehearsal in recorded history. Uh, and he'll call and say the same thing to me, right? I mean, if it's good, it's okay. But there's so many days where I think, well, wow, that little voice inside my head said stop don't, or hmm. do this, and I didn't. I didn't follow it and I should have. Okay, so I'll make notes and I'll do better the next time. But in a, sorry, I'm, I'm, this is, it's long and rambling, but oh, you're fine. But in a sense, that's the great thing. No matter what I did today, I have the chance yeah. tomorrow that mm-hmm. I can make it better. I, I could do better. I could study more. I could, I could have better pacing. I could be a better human being. Mm-hmm. I, I could relate to them instead of just grinding music. Yeah. What's going on in their lives? And so, um, uh, and and I'll say this and be quiet about rehearsal. When I was, I was concerned about people as human beings when I was 30 years old. But once I had a child at 41 or 42, I I was a lot more concerned Mm -hmm. about the students that I had in class that somebody would be kind and understanding with them, just like I hope somebody would be, show compassion to my children. Mm -hmm. And so it Mm -hmm. really flipped. Now, I, I make mistakes and there are days where I'm, I'm, I'm not a warm human being, or, and, and but uh, but it, it definitely changed. Uh, and for me, always music has been the vehicle that allows me to connect with with other people, and 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 maybe that's the 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 greatest gift uh, of it all, besides the, just the power of music. But that you get to interact with other human beings and work together for a yeah. common
1: goal. Well, that kind of reminds me, we. Uh, yeah, as far as recording, we're, when we're recording this right now, we recorded Dr. Cher yesterday, uh, and we um, he talked about how when he was a band director, first starting out right out of college, that you know he was saying that you know there there are some directors that you know that were like it's all or nothing, you know, you're, sure. you're either in band or you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he yeah. said that one of the best things that he felt like he was able to do that helped his program grow, and in his case was just meeting the students where they were at with schedules. And that was just yeah. one example, but just sure. not being understanding, you know, sure. like what you were saying and, and, and respecting kind sure. of, you know, where <laughs> what the students going through with, with everything else. Sure. I mean that,
2: and it's probably true with, with band directors more than choir directors, although choir directors are, it, it happens too. the the um, tyrant model,
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know, and, and that just doesn't work anymore. No, it, it does no. not. And, and I'm not sure it worked real well, Years ago, but (laughs) that was the model. Yeah, Um, and uh, I I can. I had great band directors growing up, but they uh, to say they were interested in me always as a human being, (laughs) mm, maybe not so much. I mean, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were good people, but the product was the bottom line. Yeah, and however you could get there was Mm -hmm. okay, and if Mm -hmm. people got sacrificed on the way. They got sacrificed on the way, and that's— that, Yeah. Uh, hmm. I, I hope—I uh, mean, I, and I'm as guilty of, of having done that as anybody that's, that's ever taught, but I, I hope that's better than it used to be. I think uh, it
0: is. And I think a lot of teachers—and that that's even for just general education—building um, relationships with your students is probably the one of the most important things, because if yeah. you show them that you're interested, then they're going to be interested in what you teach. Sure, yeah so there's more,
1: more buy-in yeah. yeah that's huge well is there anything else you want i mean you just feel like that's on your mind that you think would be good for any listeners to hear young young people
2: uh, uh, anybody that hears this um i i i can say and i, I, I just to make it be clear i've been blessed beyond belief to have grown up had the experience to have great teachers um all throughout my life uh Band directors, trumpet teachers, voice teachers, choir directors uh, that took a real interest um, in me personally uh, and were kind enough. Well, maybe not always kind, uh, but, but cared enough to, to, to demand the best from, uh, from me and the choir or the band mm-hmm. that I was in. Uh, and uh, I, I owe them a debt that uh, you know, can never be repaid. But to, to anybody that's listening, um, um, I, I, I'll I'll say this: We live in a time where um, the arts, um, even here in Texas, where budgets are cut, the arts aren't as important yeah. and, as maybe as we'd all like for them to be. But I think here in Texas, it's it's better than in so many other parts yeah. of the country, and yeah. so we're lucky yeah. with yeah. that. Uh, but anybody that's listening. Uh, support music education, support mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. new music. Yeah. You're a composer. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I agree with that. It, it, there, and and we live in a time, there's so much new music out there that's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's great. Uh, you know, the, the postmodern, there's so much great music. But, we sometimes forget there's, there's music. Yeah. You know, there's still great music from the Renaissance Baroque, classical mm-hmm. romantic that, that gets left undone because we're doing the newer things and we should do it. It's a, it's a tough balance now yeah. uh, to do both. But I, so I say that, uh, there's a lot of great music out there. Uh, but, uh, I'll, I'll end it with a Robert Shaw quote. Uh, uh, and this is years ago when, when he was talking about, uh, music and music education. Um, uh, music's not the luxury for a few, but it's a necessity for us all. Oh, I mean, it's a mm. it, it it feeds our souls, um, wow. and and without kindergarten music teachers, yes, middle school oh, band directors, yeah. high school orchestra directors, mm-hmm. there are no college groups, there are mm. no uh, community choirs, church choirs, and so uh, anybody that that's that's teaching. Uh, we owe them a a debt of gratitude Mm because college teaching is so much easier than (laughs) than what you're doing middle school high school i mean (laughs) uh every level has its frustrations but uh, there there are no college jobs without uh yeah without that foundation and uh Mm -hmm. so well i'm rambling now but uh what you say uh if, if you're if you're looking for a group to play or sing in, find one there. I bet you there's mm-hmm. yeah. there's a church choir that would love to have somebody in it, or a community band, or a community choir. Yep, so if you did that there. in high school or uh, or college, and you're out, and you go. I don't know if I have time to do that. Uh, go feed your own soul, right? Well, yeah. Go, go, yeah. Um, go create, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if we are made in God's image, and we are, if God created, then we're made to create. Right. So yep. create yep. some music. Wow. So get out there and, and be part of a group. Awesome. And thank thank you all uh for letting me do this. Oh of course. Yeah and for, for being uh for having to deal with me for a year at eight o'clock. <laughs> oh five days ago. Honestly, a week. that was probably uh, one of my favorite parts. Well, it was oh, yeah. it was a pain getting at up at eight
0: o'clock, but it, it was looking forward to you.
2: <laughs> and um,
0: especially during Christmas time, whenever you'd bring out your accordion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I,
2: it didn't happen this year. I, I, I was sick, that's why.
1: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I missed
2: yeah, the whole right. thing. I didn't even get my Christmas set worked up. So uh. Uh, my spring set is pretty
1: weak. So <laughs> I just leave it alone until, uh, I don't know. until I think, next year. I think they'd like to hear that. Yeah, we, we'll see. But <laughs> cool. anyway, But thanks. I enjoyed it. Oh, I of appreciate course. you having me. Cool. Um, and then one last thing. Um, could you... Could you tell us um, just about, you know, if anyone's interested, anyone in this area, just tell us about the choir at Hardin-Simmons and, and Classical Chorus and just all the stuff sure. you're involved in, If just so the listeners yep. know and if any of them are interested. Sure. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, Hardin-Simmons, there's still two choirs, uh,
2: a concert choir, which is an audition group, a chorale, which is an open enrollment or non-audition group. Right now, those groups meet, concert choir meets Monday through Friday at noon, chorale meets on top of that monday wednesday friday at noon uh so if you're a student at hardin simmons and you're listening come and sing in one of those choirs uh there there is some money available not a lot i just got mm-hmm. the non-music <laughs> major scholarship list to see how much money is out there there's a little bit uh, we hope uh next year we'll get upbeat uh, yeah. acapella Yay. group get that up and going again um and then, uh, community, uh, on Monday nights, Chorus Abilene has a, the adult mixed choir is called Classical Chorus, meets, uh, Monday nights from seven to nine. That's an audition ensemble. There are dues to be part of that, but we can figure out the money part. That sure. wouldn't be a deal breaker. Uh, and that group, uh, Classical Chorus along with the youth, uh, from Chorus Aveline, uh, we're going to Hawaii.
0: Woohoo! we're June. going. Yeah. Are you all going? We're going. We are yes. going.
2: Good, good, good. We are good. going. Good. Oh, it'll be great. It'll be great. <laughs> Excited. Uh, and uh, so the, that group, um, uh, well, we just did Messiah, mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, does two concerts in the fall, two concerts in the spring. And then area churches, I, I'm the minister of music at First Central Presbyterian Church. We meet on the choir meets at 730 on Wednesday night, 730 to 830. We sing for the 11 o'clock service on Sundays, and uh, we got plenty of chairs and robes and music if somebody mm-hmm. wants to come and, and sing. Uh, and if you can read music, that's great uh, for the church choir. If you can't, that's okay, too. Uh, classical chorus, sight reading uh, is a big plus, but if uh, if you're only kind of reading as the notes go higher, you sing higher, we can do that, too. Right? Sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll be all right. But, yeah. Uh, those three choirs, I know there's a community band in Abilene.
1: Yeah, there is. I don't know. I think I it meets know.
2: on Monday. I think it meets the same time as as classical okay. chorus, but I'm not sure. I'm who, not, who directs that? Do I, we know? I don't know, if, I don't know. Dr. Dorothy did that for a while. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if Mr. Harden does that or somebody else mm-hmm. does.
1: I'm sure Mr. Harden knows. We'll, uh, we'll have to ask. Uh,
2: but, uh, and then, sorry, uh, uh, chorus Abilene has uh, an a cappella group. That's right. Backbeat. Woo-hoo,
0: backbeat. And just backbeat. did a concert
2: Friday night. That's right. We were there. And so, of uh, mm-hmm. course, Abilene has a children, youth, adult mixed, adult acapella ensemble. So music is... Yeah. Alive and well in Abilene, Texas. That's
0: yeah, right. It really
1: is, and we'll uh, we'll put the links to each of those Probably different groups in our show notes. So if y'all are interested, y'all can um, go to those websites and learn about it and follow them. I think almost all of those um, groups have social media pages as well. So we'll have those. You can get to those through the website, um, and I'll tell you just from my admissions counselor perspective, if. If you're a student that wants to do music in college and you want to sing in choir or be a music major, uh, you can reach out to us and we'd be yep. happy to meet you and talk to you about what we have to offer here at HSU. See if it's a good fit for you. Absolutely. Yep. All righty. Well, I think that's about it. Thank you so much, Dr. Oh, Romines, for being on the yeah, show. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. All
0: right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that episode with Dr. Romines.
1: That was awesome.
0: Yes, um, just think going going back to our years in college, he was one of the biggest and still is one of the biggest um inspirations to both of us um and he just we emphasized talk we talked about a little bit about um building relationships with students, and Dr Omines is so good at that, yeah, um He's, he poured into us personally as people. um, And I'll always be thankful for that. Um, So some of the couple of points just kind of summarize. We've got what we talked about um, is just to be prepared for rehearsal. Um, Like every detail matters. Um, You want to talk?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, the big thing that I got out of that. Well, first of all, he dropped so many wisdom bombs yeah, from like one-liners yeah from his own experience but also just those man those things that he was quoting Robert Shaw and everything like oh man like that that was so good and but going to you know with this specifically is the one where he said that that you can't like it's good I mean obviously you need to have emotion in a rehearsal in a performance but it's easier to have that emotion once you've Solidified all the technical aspects. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for—I mean, for me, when I'm writing music, and 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 I think for all of us, you just want to get right to that emotional part because that is w- ultimately what it's all about. Uh, but you can't truly, you know, have a have being able—you you can't truly express that to the to an audience until you've been able to to fully solidify all that other yeah. stuff. Yeah,
0: and that's okay. not saying I. I during while he was talking about that i was i went back to um a tmea um a TMEA session it was like the first day um and denise eaton was leading it and um she talked about it, her her whole thing was lesson planning uh rehearsal planning and um building in different things into the, the repertoire, into your warm warmups mm-hmm. um, and sight reading. Um, one example was like, get the melodic contour of each line, take out all the notes and, or take out all the rhythms and repeated notes, and you can use that as sight reading. And I did that with one of my groups oh, that's and it was cool. cool. That's awesome. But um, going on to like dynamics and emotion, um, introducing those dynamics into your warm-up um is really helpful maybe just to kind of prepare them in advance mm-hmm. um and everything like that.
1: Yeah, and that also reminds me of like so so I'm currently reading a lot of, you know, business books and marketing books because I'm you know I'm working on you know marketing myself, you know, as a composer now that I'm I'm kind of in that phase. But um but one thing they talk about a lot is in marketing is positioning. And they say how you could have a really, really good product, for example, and yet if you position yourself in a context that that product doesn't make any sense, nobody's going to want it. Even if you have the best, something that's going to be really, really helpful for them. If, if you say, you know, I have a really, really cool revolutionary vacuum cleaner, uh, but you're trying to sell it to, you know, you're, you're in a garden <laughs> or, you know, you're like, you're, it's in the context of something like garden tools or something. It's like, you know, no one's going to want no one needs a vacuum cleaner for their garden, but if you put it in a context where you know, it makes sense to have that and, and people understand why it's going to be so useful for them, that's when you're going to do really well. And that kind of reminds me on how with like the dynamics, for instance, is you put the music in a context that is going to then create those emotions from the, the way you technically execute that because he specifically said like something about they got it down to the right dynamic level. And so that created the mm. right context for that emotional buildup to when they finally got to that big point. Yeah. That was when everyone was in tears, but if they had just been, you know, singing full, full, full steam ahead, you know, everything that whole time, it wouldn't have been nearly as emotional. Yeah. So that's what, that was a really good example of that.
0: Um, the second final point, um, that we really talked about was getting help. Um, whether, I, I mean, just getting help period. And that's, something that has been really hard for me as a first year teacher. Um, I've struggled with asking for help. Um, um, I've talked, I talked about it in like what the second episode, but I am all alone in a consolidated district. Um, no fine arts director, and I'm the only choir director. Um, and so, and, and it's also my first year. Um, and so I really don't have a lot of guidance and, having all that isolation a just like kind of encourages me to stay in isolation. Um, but now I've been asking for help with people from my mentors that I student taught with and just people in the surrounding area. And if you're afraid to ask for help, because it's a pride thing, just get over it because yeah. <laughs> it's, that it's was, hard. It's hard. yeah, that, that was me. I I didn't want to let other people know that I was struggling. Um, even though they probably knew I was cause every first year teacher struggles, yeah. Yeah. um, and they understand they're not, if you ask a, mm-hmm. what you think is a stupid question to somebody, it doesn't matter. They're probably willing to help you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, and I thought that was really good on how he put he also talked about it's really cool that he has both that experience in mm-hmm. choir and band and those differences and and everything but um yeah, so really really good stuff. But yeah, that's awesome. So thank you all very much for joining us. We will be back next week on Monday. Uh, episodes upload at midnight so you have something to listen to starting Monday and just kind of listen to throughout the week as you get going uh through the uh, um you know, through the week and One other quick thing, uh, if you have enjoyed uh, this episode of the podcast and you're enjoying the podcast so far, uh, we would really, really appreciate it if you could go and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts as well as leaving us a review. That would help our podcast so much. Uh, It'll actually help the podcast grow faster. Uh, If we get this featured on Apple Podcasts on one of the main pages, then that could really help us uh, grow quickly and therefore let us get even better guests sooner. So uh, if you could just head over to Apple Podcasts again Leave us a review. Leave us five star rating. That would be wonderful. Again, we're we're getting close uh, to the end of the school year. How many how many weeks did you say, Kara? Right for you, right
0: now it's five weeks. But whenever this episode airs,
1: it'll be four weeks. So four weeks.
0: This One is month. encouragement for everybody. Um, for all those teachers, we're almost there. Um, yep. I've it's been a hard year for me as a first year teacher, but I've heard that it's been a hard year. Period. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. Um, for all teachers for various and different different reasons but we're almost there and hopefully we can all recharge and come back and it'll be just slightly better
1: yep that's right okay well thank y'all so much for joining us we will see y'all next week bye